Hello and welcome to Hardy Party Five and a Half. Well, babe, you're dressed up today. Are you talking about my my dress shirt and my tie? I am talking about that. Well, I'm just trying to like step up my game. Okay. Like even on Zoom calls, you have the business up top, party down below. Like I have shorts, on. I have totally have athletic shorts on. Yeah. Now. But I'm just trying to step up my professionalism. All right. So. Well, good to know. And you know, after 30 years, 31 years of marriage. That's right. There's something I need to tell you about. What's that? You're, this may be shocking. Okay. And I don't want you to get too freaked out. Mm-hmm. But, babe, even though I'm not strong enough to untie this tie, <laughs> I got to tell you, does it, am I looking familiar yet? I mean, not yet. Can you tell? Not yet. No. You're getting there. Yeah. I should just laser these off with my eyes. Oh. Yeah. Rebecca? I'm Superman. You're Superman? I am. This has shockingly just become the best day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're welcome. I was, I thought maybe you'd be a little upset that I told you, but you seem fine. Are you this. kidding me? <laughs> okay, cool. We have so many things we can do now. We don't even need to take by airplane tickets. I mean, I there's so, the world has just opened up. Man, I should have told you earlier. 31 years. Now I'm just mad at you took this long to tell me. I'm so sorry. Mm. But I'm glad you took it so well. Yeah, well, thanks. <laughs> well, no, I'm not really Superman. Okay. It's not true. You're stuck there. You're stuck now. Okay. I'm stuck with all this stuff. You can survive. <laughs> well, as you can tell today, we're talking about Superman. That's right. The history of Superman, mm-hmm. which is on the tales of our episode, The History of Batman. Mm-hmm. So today we're talking all things Superman, and we're going to have a special guest a little later. Yeah. Who is like an expert on the Christopher Reeve Superman movies. Yeah. So that's going to be fascinating. That's coming up. But before we get there, Mm -hmm. I have put together some history of Superman facts. Would you like to hear them? I would love them. I sure hope so, because that's why we're here today. (laughs) Thank you for saying yes. (laughs) We would have just turned everything off and left. Right. Uh, You can spout these facts out, and I'm just going to sit here and daydream about the fact that I'm married to Superman. (laughs) Didn't you already know that? (laughs) I mean, really, didn't you have a feeling? I did. I had a feeling. Yeah. I mean, it's really hard to keep that to yourself, but yeah. So the first thing, the first fact I want to share with you is something that is also going to surprise you. Superman was when he was first created was a villain. What? It's a true story. Um, the recent high school graduate Jerry Siegel self-published a story. This is back in January of 1933. Oh wow. I okay. remember it well. <laughs> it was called The Reign of Superman, of the Superman. And it was a mad scientist who plucks a vagrant from a bread line and gives him tele- telepathic capabilities. What? And this so-called Superman, intoxicated by power kills the mad scientist and begins taking over the world with his telepathic powers. That's not even the Superman we know. But that's kind of where the idea came from, of having someone that had, like, the most powerful being on the planet. Yeah. But when he first thought of it, he thought of it as a supervillain and not a superhero. I don't like it. (laughs) But if you think about it at the time, there really wasn't anything known as a superhero because Superman is going to be the first superhero. Okay. So this was a totally new thing that they were thinking of. Huh. Um, soon after that, Siegel and his friend Joe Schuster, um, they got together and revamped Superman as a hero, as a good guy, with an alien backstory, secret identity, like I was Scott Hardy, but I'm really Superman. Right. 
Um, he had a cape and other features that would become to define him like what the Superman we think of today. Um, they tried for years to get people to take the story and publish it, but nobody really would do it. Um, finally, they got a 13-page story in Action Comics number one, which ended up being the first Superman story. It became it ended up becoming one of the most valued comic books of all time. Hmm. Do you know what it was sell, sold for in 2014? Like, like a mint condition copy oh, of gosh. this. I'm terrible issue. at this. It was $3.21 million. What? How much this episode got. Did you ever I mean, have one of those? Yes, you got it. No. But funny thing is, my dad told me he used to have one. What? But he got rid of it like in his teen years. Oh, they didn't think God. it was going to be worth anything, which makes me feel bad about all the comic books I've gotten rid of. We could have, we could be living. Yeah. right now if I oh, had to get rid of all those comics. my topics. goodness. I'm sorry, Rebecca. So in light of that, to know that the You first... bring me up, you let me down. <laughs> but I am Superman, so you've got that. <laughs> so to give, that gives us a, some perspective to think that Joel um, and his friend Joe sold the rights to Superman. Guess how much they sold him for? How much? $130. What? All right. Oh my goodness. Yes, they sold it away for $130. And you think of now of like that issue is basically priceless yeah and superman is like a phenomenon in right. our pop culture and their great knows. grandkids are having a cow right now right yeah um okay number three fact is like we talked about in our batman episode superman preceded batman by a few months mm -hmm. so he was the first superhero and then after it took that long for them to get DC or any other publisher to publish it, now DC wanted a new one. So that's when Batman came on the scene so quick. Mm. But did you know, this is another little known fact, the two heroes didn't meet each other in the comic books until 1952, hmm. even though they had been around, gosh, 13 years at that time. So that was in Superman 76 that they wow. finally teamed up. Okay. Um. And then since then, they've obviously teamed up every now and then in the yeah. comic books and in the movies. Mm -hmm. Okay, the number four Superman fact. The U.S. government censored Superman during World War II. What? With the top <laughs> secret Manhattan Project in full swing, any mention of nuclear weapons in the popular mm -hmm. press drew the government's, like, they didn't want you doing it. Yeah. So DC found this out, and it developed a comic book in which Superman's archenemy, Lex Luthor, Mr. Lex, mm -hmm. Launches an attack with what he calls an atomic bomb. Though Luther's atomic bomb in no way resembled the real atomic bomb. Hmm. The U.S. War Department demanded that the publica publication be delayed. Hmm. The War Department likewise censored another comic book written after the bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki in which Superman films an atom bomb test for the Army. Along with the Superman uh, newspaper strip featuring a cyclotron particle exhaust accelerator easy for me to say that was also known as an atom smasher hmm. so it's interesting to know that superman was censored by the government yeah that's so interesting because it was just not the right time to talk about these mm -hmm. things with everything that's going on yeah okay number five you'll like this one most of superman's love interests are initialed ll really you've got lois lane okay who is the reporter at the that he meets and mm -hmm. falls in love with ends up getting married all that um as clark kent um she's been around since action comics number one she was in that very first issue 
Competing for Clark's attention was Lana Lang, who was a Smallville character. His high school sweetheart, actually, from Smallville. <laughs> and then there's also Lori Lamaris, a mermaid he dates while attending Metropolis University. A mermaid? And a mermaid in the comic books was, what? was named Lori Lamaris. And then there was Lila. Wait, La- why isn't the mermaid going after Aquaman? <laughs> <laughs> it's a big love triangle. I don't understand I that. She, I think she ends up with the Girl, stay in your lane. <laughs> stay in your ocean. Stay in your lane. Yeah. And then there was another one, <laughs> Lila Laurel. Lila Laurel, who was an actress from Krypton, who meets him when he travels back in time before the planet was destroyed. Hmm. Okay. So he, he has a type. Yeah. You have to have LL. Yeah. And Interesting. You can date Superman. Yeah. But see, we've dated. I've gotten past all that. Now I'm not worried about initials. <laughs> so you don't need me to change my name. Right. right. Good. <laughs> well, that's great. Okay. So we've talked about the heartstrings of Superman. Mm-hmm. But now we're going to get a little darker now with these facts. Okay. Um, the Superman role is considered to be cursed. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the actors that have had the role or been in the movies have not had a great life. Like after the movie. Mm-hmm. So one of those is George Reeves, who was Superman in the uh, on the TV from maybe 53 to 57. He was Superman. That's the one I remember first, because after school, I would watch him every day. Um, he he had been a character actor in like Hollywood for a long time, and this was like his first starring role. But he did not like the role. And in fact, in, he said to one of the co-stars one time, well, babe, this is it, the bottom of the barrel. Wow. So he was never really proud of what he was doing. Wow. So then after he got done with the role, he was typecast as Superman because he did such a good job and he couldn't get any of the work. So unfortunately, in 1959, a couple of years after the show, he committed suicide. Oh, wow. So that's a pretty sad story. Mm. And then you have the tragedy that struck Christopher Reeve because uh, he had that horse riding accident Mm -hmm. um, in 1995 that eventually all the complications of that ended up that's the reason he died. Yeah. Um, and also Lee Quigley, who depicted Superman as a baby in that first Superman movie, he died at 14 uh, by huffing solvents from a can. Wow. So, yeah, this gets really dark. And other Superman actors like that did all the old movie serials and all that, They it was hard for them to get work after they were Superman because hmm. they were kind of typecast. Wow. So that's kind of the dark side of being Superman. Yeah. But, babe, you don't have to worry about that with me. <laughs> Because, babe, I'm not acting. <laughs> I am Superman. Okay, good to know. Okay. So, on a lighter note, there is a time where Superman had a mullet. Oh. I don't know if everybody knows this, but in 1993... I was going to say had to be the 90s or the yeah, late 80s. Because I had a mullet in the early 90s, too, when we yeah. got married. Mm-hmm. Um, he battles the monstrous villain Doomsday, and he actually he dies in that episode, mm. in that comic book. But when he comes back to life a few months later, he's got a mullet. <laughs> super mullet. His, his mullet grew while he was yeah. dead. So the super mullet had its own comic. No, uh-uh. oh, no, I'm kidding. Oh, I'm kidding. gosh. I was like, what? <laughs> what do they call that? Jumping the shark? <laughs> and if you believe this or not, he had the mullet for three years until a 99, 1996 comic book where he finally shaved the mullet for their wedding. Lois. Oh, wow. Married to Lois. So. That's just like Jake and Kate. Yeah. Who are re- are going to get married in November. Yeah. Jake loves having a mullet. And Kate said, you can have it until the wedding. And then it's gone. It's gone. So apparently Lois mm-hmm. said, no mullet for the wedding. <laughs> and finally, we have a town in Illinois that's actually called Metropolis. Oh. So, and it's, 
as everyone that knows Superman history, that's where he he went from Smallville to Metropolis to mm-hmm. cover Porter. And this town is totally taken to it. Um, it's a small town in southern Illinois. In 1972, with the support of DC Comics and the State House of Representatives, they began calling themselves the hometown of Superman. Mm. Um, in honor of Clark Kent's employer, the Daily Planet, the newspaper even changed its name to the Metropolis Planet. Oh, wow. Uh, though they, they were going to try a Superman theme park, but that never worked out. Um, they <laughs> continue to embrace the Man of Steel. Uh, police officers wear Superman emblems on their sleeves. And a 15-foot oh, cool. bronze statue stands outside the courthouse. That's kind of cool. And there's also this really cool museum that's all Superman stuff. Yeah. It's in the middle of town. Wow. And every June, they have a Superman festival. <laughs> that's so cool. So the Superman phenomenon mm-hmm. continues yeah. in pop culture. Maybe we'll have to make our way up there sometime oh, for definitely. the Superman festival. Oh, yeah, we're definitely I can't that. believe you haven't been there before being the actual Superman, but <laughs> you're going to have to go in your disguise. Well, this is a this is not really factual because I'm really from Smallville, so oh. my hometown would be okay. Smallville. Well, you seem to know a lot about Superman. Yeah. I mean, being Superman. Of course. But yeah. we are about to talk to someone who knows a lot about Superman. You're not going to believe the knowledge this guy has. Here's Jay Towers. We'll jump right in here to not waste your time. So we know we want to talk about all things Superman with you. So tell us about your first encounter with Superman. What did you love the most about that? Well, I saw Superman the movie in uh, in early 1979. It came out in December of 78. My parents took me to see it. It was my earliest childhood memory. Um, and it's often what I kind of reference back as something as a kid that made me really happy. Um, I, I don't I don't remember being much of a comic book kid, but that movie, the Christopher Reeve version of Superman, really resonated with me. And uh, it has uh, been kind of a part of my life uh, from that day forward. Okay, how many times do you think you've seen that movie since then? <laughs> oh my god, I've been asked about. I, 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 it's. I mean, I the math that I did was maybe over four hundred times. <laughs> I know it's nuts. <laughs> Ooh, that's awesome, man! Oh my goodness, have you seen any movie four hundred times? I don't think I've seen any movie four hundred times. I don't think I have either. Even my very favorite movies, I don't think I've seen that much. So, as, yeah, no, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, it, it becomes like um, it becomes like a comfort thing when you've seen something so many times. Uh, you know, if I put something on at night and and I won't be able to fall asleep because I'm like, oh, I want to see what happens with this. So I just kind of like turn it on. It's died down a little bit, but, <laughs> you know, it's a comforting movie for me. All of them are. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask from when you saw it as a kid to as you've gone through your adulthood, how has it changed for you? And I guess mm-hmm. like you're saying, it's just a comfort that it's just something that you can remember from your childhood. And it just brings back those good memories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think as you get older um, and the world gets a little crazier, uh, you you try to find the things that 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 bring you back. And as you get older, it becomes a little tougher. So with every piece of you know memorabilia here behind me, or with um, you know every, any encounter with any of the former cast members, or hearing stories, which is kind of why I do that podcast, um, it, it, it it reconnects you. And again, it brings you back to a happy place. But I think how mm-hmm. it's changed over the years is. 
it really is a it really was a well done movie. Richard Donner wow. really he made us believe a man could fly, and we all kind of say that because that was kind of you know the the, the phrasing of the film. But uh, when you really look at it, and, and 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 long before they could do everything in a computer, it really is a beautiful movie. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I was just watching it a, a couple of weeks ago, um, and I love the practical effects. Like mm-hmm. it all works, even though, like you say, no computers, no CGI, it all works, and they had the right camera angles. And everything and how he floats into the scene. Um, we know he's on a crane in real life, but it, yeah. And just wait, what? Everybody can do that. What? We'll take you through a making of. Okay. <laughs> it's so cool because you think when I was watching it, I'm going, this is 1978. Yeah. It's such a great job of making you believe that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just incredible. <laughs> and it makes you think, man, I would. In my heart, I wish maybe we did more practical effects because like, oh. if you look at a Marvel movie or DC movie now, that third act is always a CGI battle between computer-generated characters, basically. Mm-hmm. I think it's why people like um, Christopher Nolan films so much. I mean, even mm-hmm. with Oppenheimer and how well that just did, people, you know, he's a guy that really wants you to to see a movie like that and it not be a big digital. Listen, those digital films that are done digitally are fine. I mean, those are great. Yeah. I mean, that's what our kids are growing up with. But um, it's it's nice to see uh, movies shot the old fashioned way when you can. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so you mentioned the podcast. Tell us yeah. about how the podcast got started and what that's all about. So um, back in uh, 2016, I, I, I had been following a website called capewonder.com for many years. Jim Bowers has the largest collection of behind-the-scenes uh, Superman photos, I think, over anybody in the world. Um, the Warner Brothers still goes to him when they put a book out or do something and they need pictures. Um, he acquired them in the late 90s, and I met him uh, around WonderCon back in, I think, 2016. We did a, a, a Christopher Reeve, uh, Richard Donner, Superman reunion, had most of the original cast that was still alive there. Uh, we hosted a great panel. And from there, we said, this is really fun. There was a big fan base. It, there were more stories to tell. So we thought, you know, we, we couldn't, we both have job jobs, so we can't do it like all the time. We, we, we've done over 50 episodes and it really dives into all of the Christopher Reeve Superman films mm. and there's still great stories to tell. So that's, that's kind of why we did that podcast and still do. Yeah. That's awesome. So with your podcast, you, and you said you watched it 400 times, we know, are you ever <laughs> talking about something and you're like, I actually need to go back and check that all the time, go back to the film and go watch it again to see like yeah. what happened here or there. Yeah. I'm probably yeah. lying to myself, but yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm like, I really should reach, I should check that again and watch it one more time. <laughs> check that again. What color were those little buttons on whatever? Like I'd right. be wondering like crazy well, stuff. You- it's funny you bring that up because a lot of times what happens is we work really well with the prop store um, who sells all the movie memorabilia and, and, and costumes and things and props. Listen, they do a great job on their own. They don't need us, but there have been times where they've called us and said, Hey, take a look at this. Can you figure out what this is and where it was used in the movie or, and, and we love oh, to help wow. screen match things. Yeah. You know, the, the Superman oh, right behind me here, the Superman yeah. four tunic there um, is, the same one used in all the promotional photos. Um, it's the one where he's on the balcony with Lois and Superman four. I mean, it, it can, wow. it, there's little things on it that you can screen match. So yeah. it's always good. To, it's always good to go back to a film and look at that stuff. Yeah. It's like, where's Waldo with Superman. Right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bringing this to my level guys. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Christopher Reeves, quintessential Batman, uh, Superman. Most people think he is the, like the guy, you know, 
tell us what is it about him personality wise, performance wise, that makes him like so perfect for this role besides that perfect curl. Yeah. Oh, that was great. Um, <laughs> I think, I, I, I think, that, and he said it in, in an interview I just saw recently, he said he didn't play this as a hero. He, mm-hmm. he, he said the, the minute he went in and tried to be a superhero, people weren't going to buy it. And, and I think that's what it, he, I mean, he genuinely seemed like um, someone out of a comic book that's someone that cared about the earth and where he lives. And I think he just portrayed the role in, in a great way. And I think that goes back to Richard Donner and, and that type of direction. But mm-hmm. I mean, e- even, even today, it's very hard to find someone that doesn't consider that to be the Superman. Um, and, and there've been great Superman since, but, but there's, there's something about that one that is still, yeah. it's like Warner brothers can't get rid of it. And, and I think they, maybe they, I won't say get rid of it, but I think they did try very hard with with Man of Steel and Henry Cavill to kind of rewrite that and 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 do it. But people continue. Why didn't they use the John Williams theme? Why didn't I mean, it's just it's it's so ingrained in people's head. It's hard to to do it any other way. But obviously, it's it's been a long time, so mm-hmm. they're going to try it again. They're going to. Yeah. Well, he did such a good job of like he makes Clark goofy, but he makes him endearing at the same time. It doesn't become comic. It's not like a cartoony comic the way he does it. He just makes him kind of a. A nice guy that's a little awkward, but not so far that it's like, oh, he's why he's so goofy. Yeah, so I I listen, I I, I love the George Reeves Superman. I really did. I mean, yeah. I I mean, the way George Reeves played Clark Kent was always great because he didn't play him like a nerd. He didn't he didn't play him goofy right. at all. He he played him kind of like a pretty good tough reporter who was more sarcastic and more matter of fact. And I I love that version of Clark Kent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's another character we have to talk about that as a kid, I just couldn't get him out of my mind. And that's Terrence Stamp, Stamp as General <laughs> Dodd. Yeah. Just like the perfect villain. So we've talked about how Christopher Reeve was the perfect Superman. Why was Terrence Stamp the perfect villain at that time? Mm-hmm. He, he he knew exactly what that character needed to be. And, and he said it in interviews. He said, General Zod is the bad apple. And there, there's no, there's not layers to him, and there's not a lot to peel back. And what he just was mean and and very to the point, and and that's that's how he played him. And when you look at it that way, you you don't go, hmm, I wonder what he's thinking. Is he going to go this way or that way? I mean, the guy was just, for I mean, for for a movie like Superman two, um, not the most violent movie in the world. I mean, if you were a kid, General Zod was scary. Oh yeah, definitely. I remember that to to this day of how scared of him I was. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So let's. I'm going to talk about Gene Hackman for a second because sure. Lex, Lex and the villains in that first movie get a little comical, like they're a little like Ned Beatty's really goofy and all that. Yeah. So how did you think that play? I think it played pretty well in the movie, but do you wish they'd atone maybe some of the comic parts back, or did you think it worked well? I, you know, it's hard. It's always hard for me to say because I mean that's the film that I remember as a kid. So I, I hey, listen. I, I meet people that, and, and it's. I know it's odd, but I mean, I meet people that say, "Hey, when I was a little kid, Superman Four was the first Superman movie I saw, and yeah. Nuclear Man scared the hell out of me." And and, <laughs> and, I'm, and, and listen, I, those all all those movies have their place, but it depends on where you were then, how yeah. you feel about it now. But I think, listen, we're we're doing a, an autograph signing with Gene Hackman in I think September. We just oh, started. Really? promoting on cape wonder yeah, yeah i mean he's he's um he still very much understands again how iconic that role was but i i thought he was a, a great lex luther i'm also a big michael rosenbaum lex luther, luther fan as well from smallville yeah oh yeah. yeah for sure just and it's cool that there's different ways you can play it so, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah 
So can you share with us any like behind the scenes moment on the Superman, the movie that would help people like me appreciate this film? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, I'm glad you said that part because the fans of this film, nothing I say is going to be uh, all that new to them, but for the, yeah. for, for any regular person, and there's more regular people than us yes, um, yes. that just, you know, oh, have seen that movie maybe I've once. I've been married to this for 30 years. I know. <laughs> you know. I've been married to a nerd for a long time. All right. Uh, <laughs> listen, the great thing about that movie is um, going back to what we talked about earlier there were there were scenes in that film that you could find today. I mean, the, the farm is in Blackie, Alberta, Canada. Um, it still stands today. It's in pretty rough shape, but it's there. Um, they wanted that look. They wanted it to look like Smallville. The, the, the New York Daily News building in New York today is the Daily Planet in Metropolis. It still looks exactly the same, the front of it. I mean, you can stare up at it and get all those emotions to get the, the globe inside. None of that was recreated. And when they did Metropolis, it was New York and it was, it was things you could actually see. It wasn't a digital version of a city we saw in a comic book. So the thing I love most about any of the behind the scenes stuff is, is it all happened either over at Pinewood studios or Shepherd and studios, uh, you know, over, over in London or here. And you yeah. can find those places today. Yeah. And that makes it personal. And that's what I like. Sure. I, I, I like it to feel like personal to me. And I just made a note to visit Canada. We're going to Canada. <laughs> okay. We're going to find it for sure. I hear that. I hear it's in the middle of nowhere. I've never been there before. Uh, we're going to have to try it. We'll try it. We'll report back to you. Uh, <laughs> so it's kind of obvious that Reed is your, is he, would you say he's your favorite Superman for sure? I think so. Yeah, I think, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. But I, but, but there are there, listen, there are real purists that say he's the only Superman and I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not that guy. I'm a big fan and he's my Superman, but I, I, I really respect all versions of, of Superman. I really do. I, anything that keeps that character going, I'm happy with. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I want to get into. I'm just going to mention the actor and you tell me what your thoughts of that Superman are. Okay. A, a few quick hits here. So you mentioned George Reeves. What would you say about George Reeves and how he handled it? Um, like I said earlier, I, I think George Reeves, probably my favorite version of Clark Kent, um, love, love the way he was played. And again, uh, before Superman, the movie, I mean, that was the Superman we had, if we weren't reading comic books or finding a cartoon. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Dean Kane, this Dean Kane was on the TV show from 93 to 97. So what about Dean Kane? I mean, I mean, okay, listen, I him. Why are you talking about this? This is the one I like remember the most. It just seems like it was more of a romance comedy. I think that's exactly what it was. I just I never I never look back at that show. All due respect to it, I never look back at that show and and feel like that was ever a, a Superman show. It was and and listen, there's a place in history for Dean Cain. He's a good guy, um, and we know what Terry Hatcher went on to do in Desperate Housewives. But I mean that he's just that that show to me. I didn't feel like I was ever the audience for it. I mean, you know, you, you, you waited around through a lot of, um, you know, romantic comedy and love to get to the, to the action stuff. Yeah. And I mean, the yeah. Superman action stuff. Oh. Yeah. It, it appeared to the women more apparently. Yeah. yeah. Which is fine. That's great. Yeah. Again, yeah. whatever keeps the character going. Right. Yeah, for point. sure. Good for point. sure. Okay. Tom Welling, who was on Smallville for like 10 or 11 years. So mm -hmm. this is a long time. What do you think of Tom? I see Tom right behind you. And there he is behind me. I, I listen. I love Tom Welling. Like I said, Tom Welling and Michael Rosenbaum. Those are good guys. They've been to Detroit, but I really, really loved that show. I yeah. mean, I that that's that's what uh, early two thousands it started. I mean, that was we had, hadn't had anything since eighty seven, other than you know, you know, we had Lois and Clark, but 
Um, I I loved I love his version of Clark Kent. He played it great. It went on a it went on a pretty long time, but I think the payoff in the end was great. But I think he plays a really again a Clark Kent that's not a nerdy guy, kind of very smart and and one of my favorites. Yeah, well, and see, I think that show actually marries together what like the guys and the girls like about it. Like mm -hmm. there was some of sure. that, you know, romantic coming. Yes, and yeah. also John Schneider, which those of us that grew up on Dukes of Hazzard. So. Fantastic. <laughs> it, well, it, you it, it brings it everything awesome. together, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, then Brandon, Brandon Roth, who I think, I don't know, he kind of got a short end of the stick to me. With Yeah, um, you know, I, when when Superman Returns came out again, you have an audience of people that are really hungry for what they grew up with. So I think maybe the younger people didn't quite get into it. If you were a guy like me, I mean, and I saw the I was I was at the press screening. I got to interview him. I saw that movie for the first time in L.A. at, at, at Man Chinese Theater. Like it was that theme came on. I was very excited. Uh, it was based kind of on, on, on the Reeve Superman. It took place after Superman too. So for me and fans like me, I think we liked that movie a lot. Um, it just didn't do what Warner brothers wanted it to do. And as big as they hoped it would. And yeah, I, I agree. I mean, he could have, and, and now look what happens. He shows up on, you know, he shows up on the CW and, and people went yeah. wild for it. Yeah, mm -hmm, that's true. Mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now we can have, this is this is also a weird Superman career. You have Henry Cavill. Yeah. Superman for about eight or nine years, but honestly only had that his one movie where it was just him. So yeah. what do you think about Henry Cavill? I, I again I, I I think Man of Steel has its place. I think Henry did a great job. I, I was lucky enough to be in Batman v Superman. So I got to play myself in that movie. Zack Snyder came Zack Snyder came to town on a of all days on a day he was um, scouting locations and turned the TV on in the morning. And on that day, I just happened to be showing a version of this office behind me on television because I anchored the news in Detroit. Yeah. And he said, he said, put that guy in the film. He's a, he's a Superman fan. I didn't have to audition. I got to <laughs> be on the set and, and be me for a couple of days. And it, it was great. And I, you know, I still get an $800 check once a year. It's very nice. That's um, where, but, where but, can we find you in that? Where? Um, there's a scene in, in, uh, in Batman V Superman where, uh, Wallace Vernon Keith, uh, climbs up the Superman statue and defaces it. And then the next scene is they're in the daily planet and they're watching the news report on this guy that defaced the, the Superman statue. And it's me oh. doing the news report. Okay. okay. We're going to right. have to watch that. Definitely. We'll that. check that out. So of course I love Henry Cavill <laughs> and I love that version of Superman. How could I not? Of course. I just, it's kind of like we talked with Superman Returns. They didn't, I don't feel like Henry ever got a full chance to embody the character. Yeah. Then it, yeah. It was Batman v Superman and he didn't, they didn't give him a chance to really gel in the role. I don't think, mm -hmm. I think it could have been even greater if they'd had a chance. Mm -hmm. and, I, and, and I think in, in justice league towards the end, we kind of got to see how um, Henry would have been as a lighter version of Superman. And I think yeah. fans, fans were looking forward to that for sure. Um, yeah. I, 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 I think it still comes down to money. I, I don't think those movies made the money that they, they hope they would. And, you know, Marvel makes it tough for everybody. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. I know James Gunn is up next here. Yeah. Yeah. What, okay. We're going to ask you about that. What do you think about the new movie coming up? And a question I have, if you were in that writer's room, which mm -hmm. James Gunn has already written it, but if you were in there helping him, what would you remind him about the character that needs to be in it? Mm -hmm. um, I would use the word verisimilitude, which is what? the sign. Okay. 
hanging up right there. That, that used to hang in uh, Richard Donner's office, and 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 Jim Bowers from our from our Cape Wonder podcast took that picture. But that that word basically means being being true to it, not not treating it like it's far fetched. I mean. It, that that film was the original Superman film was was based in in that world in reality. It was it wasn't far fetched anybody. It was actually happening and it was true and it wasn't campy. And I and I think James Gunn, when he tweeted that he was watching the Richard Donner cut of Superman two, that yeah. was a good that was a good sign. I certainly don't think he's going to to try to be that movie, but I think he has the character in mind and what it means to people and. Um, I, I think it's going to be a great version. I have, I have no idea what to expect. I know they they cast the new guy. I couldn't name him right now if you asked me to. So, um, but, but fans seem to be excited. So I, I wait patiently and I think we got two years to go. Yeah, I think it's going to be good. I think it'll be good stuff. <laughs> yeah. We have one more Superman we haven't talked about, which is one okay. I've just recently gotten into. Okay. It's Tyler Hoechlin. Oh, Yeah. It took me a minute to get past the five o'clock shadow Superman because he's always got a five o'clock shadow. But I love what they're doing on Lois and Superman because now it's they have grown kids and they're having to deal with the family element along with him being Superman. So what do you yeah. think? Yeah. Again, an, another another take on this on on a great character that we want to keep going. And and you you hit the nail on the head. I mean, seeing Superman as a dad and dealing with you know teenagers that do what teenagers do. Um, I, I think the Lois Lane in it is very great, and uh, I I I think it's I think it's fantastic. I watched a lot of the first season, and then I started DVRing it, and I wasn't able to go back to it. And again, it goes back to well, how much of a Superman fan are you? I think we all. We're all busy, and uh, but I will tell you, I, I I like it. I certainly, um, I, I from everything I saw, I really liked it, and I like him, and I think he is the, a modern version of Superman that would appeal to you know anybody in high school watching that. Yeah, mm -hmm. or, or us. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It, that's the kind of I try to watch one a week. Like I, I just heard about, everybody kept telling me you've got to see this. It's really good. So I finally broke down, and I'm watching maybe one a week to try to catch up. So. <laughs> It's pretty good. It's been yeah, pretty good so yeah, far. Pretty good. So, yeah. Listen, I'll I'll say this too. Uh, I'm uh, I'm really lucky that not many people can love something as a kid like we did, and then go on to you know I host a radio show for iHeart every day. I, I anchor the news on TV. I, I have a nonprofit. I take kids to Disney World at Christmas. I mm -hmm. I do all these things, but I those things have helped me get closer to this film. Um, right. Working for iHeartRadio has helped me have a podcast that's heard around the world um, that talks about what I love. Uh, you know, being on TV helped me meet Zack Snyder to put me in a Superman movie. Which how could that ever happen to anybody right, yeah. like me? Um, yeah. So you know, being on TV and radio have helped me promote uh, with Jim Bowers the, the the Cape Wonder. You know, the Superman Legacy reunion. We've been in multiple cities. I mean, I'm I'm the agent for Mark Pillow who plays uh, Nuclear Man in Superman Four. We're going to be in uh, Austin at GalaxyCon at the end of the month. Are like, these serious? are these are things as a fan <laughs> I'm getting to do and still work job jobs. So it's yeah. good. Yeah, that is awesome. Wow, we need to get some more stuff in our office, babe. I mean, come on, it's very boring in there. No, yeah. I'm kidding. I love very it. It's boring. great. No, we it's great. <laughs> we got a fingerprint over there, some squiggly lines, and two Whatever. colors. I love it. <laughs> is it? I hope it is. 
Yeah, it looks like it looks yeah. like it is. I think it's just art. I don't know. It's nothing near what you have. So yeah. we need Jane, to. Man, revamp. we love your passion. We love that you came to talk to us about Superman. Yeah. And I love that you're doing a job where you get to love what you do. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's great. Well, let me ask you guys a question because I will tell you know my radio and TV audience that I've done this. So when they watch this for the first time and they see you guys, what what made a um a, a husband and wife uh, you know set of parents there uh, in Texas decide to do a podcast on real on everything? You guys cover everything. We really do. It's just, we kind of, it's, it's like variety whatever, show. whatever interests us. We just it's a variety it show. Yeah, <laughs> it is. I love show. it. And I think we started just like around right before COVID. Right before COVID yeah. And we are just creative people. Both of us we needed this creative outlet. Uh, yeah. Also, it's a way of, um, you know, it's it's the new way of getting information out and whatnot. But we also look at it as something like a, our footprint of like for our children and our grandchildren to come back and go, our grandparents were kind of crazy and they interviewed yeah. a lot of really cool people. And, you know, like I don't know, if craziness. nothing else, if nobody ever listens to us, our grandkids will probably reference us at some point, great grandkids and who knows how long it'll live. And I don't know. We just love that. So we love talking about the things that interest us and meeting new people just like you. So that's it's great. It's it really, it, it's yeah. smart. And that's a great way to look at it. I mean, I, I, we, we talk about, sometimes people will say, Hey, you, I, I do all this stuff and you do that Superman podcast. Does anybody care anymore about what uh, Jeff East is doing now? And yeah. I'll say, I don't know, but someday in the future, when we're all gone, somebody's going to write a paper or do a, a documentary and they're going to go, I wish I had something longer than just an article in the paper. And mm -hmm. here, here, here we are, here are these long form pieces of what's going on in the world and they will be around forever. And exactly. I think that's, that's all worth it. Exactly. Yeah. So true. Yeah. You know it. <laughs> we love that. Well, thank you for taking time with us today. Know you're a busy guy doing watching Superman for the 400. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will, and I will yeah. today. Yes. <laughs> we need to watch Batman versus Superman. Yes, so we'll we'll get on that and find yeah. your big debut. So I love that. Thanks, thank guys, so much. much, Jay Towers. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Okay, Rebecca. As a nerd, I've always kind of been into Superman. Mm -hmm. So as someone who is a novice, a newbie to the Superman phenomenon, yeah. what are you taking away from this whole episode that we've had? What have you learned about Superman? And how does it feel to be married to Superman? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, gonna keep, I'm keeping this going for a while. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, so I think what I really want to do now, to be honest with you, I'm sure it's out there listed somewhere, or you yourself probably know the order in which I should watch these things for them to make sense to me. Oh, wow. Like, like they things. have that for Star Wars, you yeah. know, where you can go and like, this is the order in which things make sense. I would like to do that. I would like to go back and watch Superman for the second time, not the 401st time. <laughs> That's a lie. I've probably seen it twice. <laughs> So maybe I'm probably in the 20s on that movie, but okay. not near 400. Yeah. Oh, um, so I would like to go back and watch them in order to have like a more well-rounded view. I feel like, okay. um, I didn't even recognize some of those Superman names y'all were talking about. So I, that's what I would like to know. And of course I did learn that the, his love interest always had the initials LL. I did not know that. So I Until think now. that's interesting. It's our yeah. age now. Until now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, we're changing that <laughs> moving forward. So that's yeah. probably my biggest, it made me want to go and learn a little more and go watch an order and i totally need to see jay we're gonna go watch that to see where we can oh we're jay. totally gonna just oh, pause yeah. that and take a photo yeah for sure i mean because that's how he's our he's our guy now right he's gonna <laughs> photo bomb us on our tv that's, that's right yeah exactly what did you learn um i learned that it's okay to be a nerd <laughs> and that you can <laughs> 
and that you can wait you're just now learning that well the coolest thing to me is jay is essentially a nerd like me hmm. but what he talked about at the very end there of how he has used his whole his whole work career has revolved around his love of superman mm-hmm. and things have happened in his life that have helped him like like feed that passion mm-hmm. so i just think it's cool that you can be productive <laughs> You can be a productive member of society yeah. and still love these corny movies that we love. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Yep. It gives me hope that I can <laughs> help society in some way. I think you feel justified in your justified. life now. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> justified. Yeah. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed this Hardy Party Five and a Half Superman edition because it's quite a big deal, especially when we just found out that Scotty is actually Superman. It's out there now. That's right. Hardy Party Five and a Half over and out. We'll see you next time.